everyone. Dave and Jeff doing a podcast. I'm in San Diego. Jeff's in Chicago. We're going to see how this thing goes. Your phone line is clear, but of course, you know it is that I'm going to fuck up all the levels. <laughs> you know the levels would be a complete freaking wreck. <laughs> how are you, bud? Doing good. Well, I'm not the one in Chicago. A lot of shit's gone down, though, since you, since you left. God damn, man. Uh, yeah, a lot. Mostly that I've been hammered uh, <laughs> two nights in a row. Like, at a completely different level of being hammered, which is great. Uh, got out to old, well, whatever the, what do they call that shithole? No, David's not a Com- shithole. Comiskey though. Park? Like U.S. Cellular? Yeah, like but... The it, new Comiskey? Yeah, the new Comiskey. I got Comiskey. there last night, and then uh, I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and then uh, watched a very boring trade deadline today. So whatever you want to cover, I'm good. I tell you what, let's start off with the trade deadline before we get into, let's go start with the Padres. Let's start with what everyone here is talking about because people are freaking out, as you can imagine. I know you're at the White Sox game when Reyes was traded, and so you have no idea what people here were doing, but you have to imagine. I was watching. Yeah, I mean, a month ago, everybody wanted Reyes as on the All-Star team. Now all of a sudden, it's okay that he left town. son-in-law. They all wanted him to marry their daughter. Yes. They forget so fast once he's out of the Padre uniform. Oh, fuck that guy. It's crazy how quickly everybody turned. Right. And I remember, Dave, just the idea of trading Reyes a couple of weeks ago. And everybody just thought that you had said, my God, I have seen some ugly babies. But that goddamn thing that you have in that (laughs) stroller is atrocious. That's the way people acted when you suggested trading Reyes. And then you look at it, and not even the fact that Logan Allen got thrown in too, but then you watch it, and they're like, good fucking riddance. I go, they trade Reyes or Kinsler? This guy's a 40-home run guy. And look, I don't know what Tyler Trammell or Tyler Trammell, whatever, he's a left-handed bat. He could potentially be a center fielder. I saw what you wrote about C.J. Abrams, which I thought was a fucking very valid point. Um, if I'm Manny Margot, I'm like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. And uh, and I just looked at it. But to me, Dave, I just – I don't have any problem if you felt like Fran Mill belonged in the American League. I think most people would agree with you. To me, Logan Allen looked very much like a guy. But when you do that and you skip Trevor Bauer, who's in that deal, and you go for a guy who's – maybe right now should be a double A. Uh, just feels like, as, as somebody, a really established member of the media told us, it just feels like they're moving the goalposts again. But look, if this kid comes up here and he comes up in two, three years and he's your solid center fielder and you look back at it and you go, as somebody wrote on Twitter, a baseball guy, uh, and you gave up a back-end starter and a DH to get a solid everyday center fielder, then maybe it works out fine. Okay, so here's the deal. When the trade goes through, you're going, okay, they're going for a center fielder. And that's why I said right. C.J. Abrams, the kid they just drafted, who's been on right. fire ever since they drafted him, we said he's probably going to become a center fielder knowing Tatis is your shortstop, hopefully for the next 17 right. years. Well, yeah. it comes out today while you're in Chicago, he's not even a center fielder, Jeff. He's a corner outfielder. And we all think he was the center fielder and go, well, what do you mean you just got another corner outfielder? A guy who's hitting 236 and can say whatever you want about him. The guy's hitting 236. Oh, they're saying Trammell's a corner yes, outfielder? Yes, they said Trammell is a corner outfielder. Or corner outfielder, excuse me. Yes, not a, not a center fielder, but now he's a corner outfielder. And you're going, well, shit, we already got a bunch of those. We just traded a corner yeah. outfielder. 
a matter of fact, we traded one that if he was in the lineup every day, probably hits 40 home runs in a season. And you yeah, go, and you have what? one who hits, you have one who hits 40 home runs and you have one who's owed 60 million over the next three years. Yes. I mean, it makes Perfect. zero fucking sense. And the, my point is even when they go three years, well, if you're a Padre fan, you're like, shit, man, what do you mean three more years? I've been really right. patient. You know, AJ was hired in 2014. It's been a long fucking time. He's got a lot of rope to sit there and go, I'm on a 10-year plan. What the fuck's going on? What do you think Hosmer thought today? What do you think Machado thought today? What do you think Tatis thinks today? When you don't go out, Dave, look, if I'm, if, if the, we have no idea what the Mets asked for first Syndergaard, and my guess is that they probably said gore or nothing, and the pod said, okay, nothing. What'd you get? Dude, I'm telling you, Dave, watching that guy pitch last night, was unbelievable because there wasn't any part of that game where you go, well, goddamn, at least for the three and the third innings, this guy's going to be in here. He's going to be solid, which is exactly how we feel when Lauer has the ball, when Lucchese has the ball, Quantrill has the ball, Strom has the ball, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Morihone has the ball. You're like, fuck, if this guy gets to the third, we're doing great. But I'm watching Syndergaard, and I just go, God damn, you got to find a way to get pitching. You can't keep rolling with with guys that cannot get into the sixth or seventh inning. It's ridiculous. But, again, we don't know what they were asking for Syndergaard. I didn't see Syndergaard get moved, but I saw Stroman get moved for basically nothing. Yeah, for, and, for basically nothing. You're, you're right. Yeah. And Stroman was an all-star this year. Here Here's the interesting thing that – as, as I'm sure so many other people are doing. You said it was a very boring trade deadline, which which it was. They said that when the New York Mets were looking for a new GM, and you know, yeah. Vaganen's the guy that got the job, the reason he got the job was he said, we can win in 2019. Well, he's five yeah. games out, and he probably knows he's probably fired. He's one and done. It's been such a fucking disaster yeah. with the Mets that his only chance is to win this year. So he just said, yeah. forget it. I'm not trading Diaz. I'm not trading right. Syndergaard. I'm not doing anything. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go get Stroman and increase my chances because I'm going to be calling other GMs for a job next year to work in some organization. Yeah. And his only chance is they make up these five games somewhere before the end of the season. Man. Look, I mean, Zach Greinke gets moved today, which is pretty wild to the Astros. That was pretty cool um, to get. I, I like. I actually like the Pods deal. I'm on the road. Hey, I'm in Chicago, and I'm with a handful of Cubs fans that said, you know, Carl Edwards had kind of lost his mojo here, but Brad Wick couldn't get anybody out. So I looked at that. All I'm telling you is no matter how you pitch it, and look, I get along with AC fine, but this bullshit, I just, it makes me want to punch a hole in the wall when I see, oh, it's going to be a very active offseason. Bullshit. Yeah. What the fuck is going to be so active? You're not going to do shit. You're going to Hosmer's your guy. Okay. Tatis is your guy. Machado's your guy. You're probably going to dick around with the same two catchers, right? Yep. You're not going to do shit in the outfield. Renfro will be your guy. Margot will probably be the guy for another year. And fucking Myers. And then you're going to say, oh, this is really exciting because we're ready for Lucchese and Lauer and Paddock to take the next step. And we're so excited, Dave, because we think this year they're going to go four and a third innings instead of three and a third. They're not going to do shit. <laughs> and you know what? I, I love the fact that they got Machado. I love the fact that they got Hosmer. I'm not ignoring that. But this bullshit that it's going to be such an active off. Oh, 
shut up. Yeah, there's not a lot out there either. Shit, except roll out the new uniforms, finish fourth again, and then get excited to tell you some other fucking famous chicken night coming in 2022. (laughs) I said tonight when you guys were popping off about, oh, Jeff picked the Padres. Well, I picked the Padres because I thought they'd actually be interested in doing shit. Yeah. And, And they're not interested in doing anything there's no sense of urgency if there was uh, right andy green's still here that fucking guy would get a three-year extension but hey everybody like i said jump up and down and feel silly because your fucking brand new brown uniforms are coming you dickheads <laughs> here, here's I'm not talking about the. i'm not talking to the hardcores yes that we're lucky enough to listen but the hardcores know what i'm saying that there's not enough, unfortunately, of you, and I feel like I'm one of those hard You are. Too. There's enough guys that just go out there and like, you know what? It's the most beautiful ballpark, and I get to see Vanilla Ice tonight? Come on. This is great. Who's this <laughs> asshole pitching? Lucky Casey? Lucky Hesse? He's really good. He should have been an all-star, Lucky Hesse. Shut up. You said something interesting that I was thinking of the same thing. And I said it tongue-in-cheek that he would leave in a few years. But my point is, what is Machado thinking? Machado's like, I went through this shit in Baltimore. I know what it's like, though, to be on a team that wins the division and the postseason is the biggest stage. Tatis knows. He grew up in a baseball family. He knows what it's like. And then you go, okay, wait a second. Is this the way it's going to be my entire career? And then you know he's going to go to guys like Hosmer and Machado for advice down the road. Yeah. And they got to pull it together. No joke. They need to pull this shit together in the next three years. But as you said, moving the goalposts back, Ron Fowler said 2020. And if he comes out and says, we never said 2020, he's a fucking liar. Yeah. They Listen, they, they stay with a very below average manager who, if you want to try to sell me that that guy's going to go somewhere and he's going to be the next Bill Belichick who sucked in Cleveland, go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, we, we've seen it. He wouldn't be the first guy to leave San Diego and become a goddamn hero. Yeah. But but to think that this guy is the next Bruce Bochy, you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. And that, to me, Dave, when you settle for mediocrity and you don't look at it, look, one of my – I love the L.A. Kings, but the other hockey team that I fire is, uh, follow is the Minnesota Wild. And this will make very limited sense to anybody that doesn't pay attention to the NHL. But let me tell you what happened today uh, or what happened yesterday with the Minnesota Wild. So you are in what is called the state of hockey. And a year ago, they hired a GM named Paul Fenton. The owner of the Minnesota Wild, Craig Leopold, had Paul Fenton as his assistant GM in Nashville. He knew who this guy was. Last year, when they made a change to go get a GM, Paul Fenton came highly recommended. Leopold knew him. The owner knew him from their time together in Nashville. He goes, you know what? Great. I bring him in. Yesterday, 14 months into the hire, guess what Craig Leopold did? He called Paul Fenton, who was on summer vacation at Cape Cod, and said, you know what? I made a huge mistake. You're not the guy. You're not cut out for this job, and you're gone. 14 months in. Because Craig Leopold demands excellence from his organization, and he wore it. He said, you know what? In a pre- then he met with the media, and Leopold, again, the owner of the Minnesota Wild, said the following. I knew in my head when I hired him that he wasn't the right guy, 
but I didn't check the boxes that I always check. I 100% own it. I made the mistake. This is 100% on me. I knew it wasn't the right guy, and today I made the change. 14 months in, and if Ron Fowler or Pete Seidler or anybody came out and said, you know what, Andy Green's a great guy, but I don't feel like he's getting the most out of this team, and we have to change the narrative here. We are so used to mediocrity, and instead they just sit there with their feet swinging off the dock with their fishing pole, whistling Dixie, while all the rest of us just look around and go, what the fuck is going on here? I'm w- this shit. <laughs> well, I, I, honestly, as a sports fan, I respect what Minnesota did. It makes all the sense right. in the world to sit there and make that tough call and go, okay, we realize we made a mistake, and the quicker we cut our losses, the better. That's the way I feel, honestly, with AJ right now. I feel AJ right now has a major problem with, hey, I'm going to sit there and make this minor league system as great as it can be. And maybe he thinks it's his way of not getting fired. But eventually, those guys have to take the next steps. And when you look at the guys yeah. that we've heard about for years – Look, the guys that I came through as rookies this year that we go, fuck, man, those guys are really good, meaning Paddock and Tatis, they didn't exactly come from our system. They came from the White Sox and they came from the Marlins, and he handpicked them out and going, hey, there, there's talent there. Well, what about the guys that are in the Padres system? How come these guys that were rated so high, they aren't develop, developing them to be the players we thought they were going to be? I mean, Lauer's just a guy now, right? Except when he pitches yeah. against the Dodgers, he's just a guy. Lucchese, we're hoping, is a number four or number five. But a year ago, we thought he was an ace. So yeah, what? what was a first-round pick. What happened to fucking Buddy Reed? What happened to all these other pitchers and, 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 and center fielders and everyone else that they used to talk about and go, what the hell? And how come so many guys are great in the minors? And I understand because of the altitude. But fucking Ty France and fucking Luis Urias, and you're going, when they get to the majors, they just aren't that good. Yeah. Yeah, they got to think about changing that goddamn AAA team. I really do. I, I don't know how you figure that's beneficial to the development of this team. It's it's complete to me. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what your options are, right? Like for for that PCL where you can go, hey, what's what's close to what we have here? But you, you know what's funny? You, there. you know what the A's do? The A's. I know it doesn't make any sense at all. But you know where the A's put their minor league team, their AAA team? It's in Nashville, Tennessee. And they know it's a pain in the ass getting players back and forth, but they get yeah. an idea of what their pitchers and their, their fielders are doing and their, their hitters are doing on a regular basis with normal weather. That's yeah. why they do it. Dude, I would be like, where can we go in California? Yeah, California would make go? sense. I mean, California yeah. makes more sense than anything else. Right. Like, go, goddamn, Dave, there's like nothing in the Central Coast, right? Yeah. Like Central Coast, there's nothing going on. Like, go fucking build a ballpark in Santa Cruz. And just go fucking put that team in Santa Cruz or go somewhere, right, where you go, these guys are an hour flight away. And they're playing in in normal conditions where we can go. And if Urias is one for fucking 60 up there, then we go, well, fuck, if he's one for 60 here, then what's he going to be when we get him here or get him to San Diego? But instead, it's like, send these fucking guys to Denver. They all hit 400 with 25 bombs, and we're like, "God damn, this is great, right? This is we got the next Ryan Sandberg, and so we got the next fucking I don't know, whoever you want." I was gonna joke around and say we got the next Ryan Barkley. Fuck, I take Barkley over. <laughs> Barkley will hit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like I'll take Barkley. Um, God, man, I don't know. It's just. I 
Okay, let me they, ask they you this. Figure it out if they would have traded <laughs> Reyes yesterday for, for Bauer and then saying, you know, at least we want a chance to convince Bauer to sign a, a longer-term deal to stay here another yeah, year. Been fine. Then you, at least you go, wait a second, it was a major leaguer for a major leaguer. But when you sit there and go, a major leaguer for a minor leaguer, well, fuck. Dude, if you would have made that trade yesterday and got Bauer, this entire team and this entire city's jumping up and down, and I think they're all saying, man, we are sorry to see Fran Mill go, but they are understanding that you have to pay a price to get a frontline starter. And if Fran Mill goes and is a DH and hits 40 bombs in Cleveland, you go, God damn. And if Logan Allen is a solid you know, third, fourth, fifth starter, then you go, okay. But all of a sudden you bring Trevor Bauer in and it changes the whole dynamic of your staff. And instead you go, a kid with a noodle arm, and I get it that he's a top prospect, but Dave, I also get what you're saying. Buddy Reed went from top 15 prospect, I think he's listed 30th in the current MLB things. Drop 15, right? Yeah. And you just look at it and you go, God, it doesn't feel like it's another pull of the rope to keep the train moving forward. It feels like it's like uh, like a quick patch on a flat tire, and it's frustrating. You know, Mason in Ireland, I was listening to them today because I was trying to find out what was going on in the trade deadline, knowing that they were watching and they are going to look at it from, from the Dodgers' side. So I was waiting to see. They would have the news first, and the Dodgers were on 570, so they weren't going to have any breaking news. And so I'm listening to an interesting stat that John Ireland had. He said since 2003, 486 minor league players have been traded. Okay. 486. Out of those 486 minor leaguers that have been traded, only 20% of them have even played in a major league game. So basically saying there's an 80% chance that Padre traded yesterday fails. Yeah. You just never see the kid. I mean, that's insane, the, those numbers. They saying you're better off to have major league talent, trade major league talent for major league talent. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll, uh, <clears throat> like I said, I have no idea what was being asked for in return for Syndergaard. It could have been completely, you know, defeating the purpose, and then we really would have been losing on our mind tonight if they had traded something. Look, what did the uh, what the Dodgers give up to get Jerko? Oh my God! They, hell, they gave up nothing. I mean, it really was, yeah. it was just nothing in return. And Jerko, I mean, I, if you, Jerko is a guy, Jeff. Honestly, I think Jerko ends up coming to the Dodgers when he gets off the sixty-day deal. He's been on, he hasn't played for shit the whole year. He's like fifty at bats. But as soon as yeah. Kiki and Chris Taylor are healthy, he's in, and Jerko never plays in the postseason. Is my guess. Yeah, he'll be out. And, and again, you go. We got nineteen second baseman right now. We don't need Jerko, but and, and I get that. It's just like. Uh, there was nothing the, – the cool part of what this trade deadline should have been was it allows for one move, two moves to be made that pumps energy into a fan base. And I get it. Like the Giants had to change course and Bumgarner comes off the market, right? I get it. There, there wasn't really anything too dramatic. And, and San Diego, people were just like, dude, you are not going to get another Tatis on us. You're just not. But uh, I don't know, man. It just it feels very flat right yeah. now. It just feels very flat, very boring to be a uh, a Pods fan right now. Tonight. Yeah, very very boring. 
I'm with you. And if you're an Indians fan, you look at it from the other side. You have to go, you know, our outfield. I think. Get rid of that, Dyko. Yeah, I mean, they had a combined 41 home runs in their outfield this year, and went by adding yeah. Reyes and Puig, they get 49. Right. I mean, you got to be excited that Cleveland's saying they're going to get rid of Hand and get rid of Bauer and that they're going to throw in the towel even though they're a playoff team, that all of a sudden, you know what, we're doing the best we can to try and win a World Series. Sure. Absolutely. Man. That is that's something, and then you're gonna find out. Yeah, he's he's a he's a great you know clubhouse guy, which people in San Diego know. I, I think the big thing wow. is his age. He just turned 24 a few weeks ago. Yeah. Did they? Uh, I don't know. That was a weird one today. Absolutely, it, or, uh, it was weird. Yeah, it, it was weird. Went down last you know, here, here, let me throw this one at you. This is this might sound kind of strange, but I'm listening as nothing was happening because the Yankees, everybody know needed uh, knows that they needed starting pitching. And they know the Dodgers needed relievers. Both teams have an abundance of what the other guy needs. And yet, no phone calls. I mean, do you make a, a, a trade like that with two teams that possibly, according to Vegas, match up in the World Series? It just seems strange. Like, there's no way in hell you feel like the Yankees can win. And then at the same yeah. time, you feel like the Dodgers have huge holes, too. You know, again, listening to Steve Mason, he said that over the last five years, the bullpen pitches exactly the same amount of innings as the starting pitchers do in the postseason. So they're they're equally yeah. you know value valuable to each other, but yet yeah. the Yankees still ended up with nothing, and the Dodgers ended up with nothing. Again, you never know what what they're asking in return, and there's just no more old school baseball trades drawn up on a cocktail napkin. Yeah. Hey Dave, here's one thing that Dennis Lynn wrote earlier tonight. I'm not sure if you saw it, uh, and and again. I saw two different things. One that says he pronounces it Trammell. So I'm going to keep going. That's what they've been saying here all day. Okay. So Trammell said he enjoys all three outfield spots, according to A.J. Preller. But Preller said Trammell will start out at double-A, seeing the bulk of his time in center field. So they're putting him in center at double-A. They're going to see what he has in center field. Yep. Where's Buddy Reed? What level is he at? Uh, I think right around there, but... I, th- I think he he could probably play the corners too, but again he he dropped off and John Conniff will will help us on this because being in Chicago for the last few days I don't have the ability to just look up numbers. But like I said, when the MLB prospect ratings had the top 30, Buddy Reed barely got in at 30, and and I think we've talked to those guys at Mad Friars about Buddy Reed now because he looked great at Elsinore, but. There was always a feeling that it was a low ceiling on Reed, and I don't, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I've had people in the organization say to me that when they drafted him, other teams were like, "What the hell are you doing?" Yeah. But uh, I don't know, man. I liked watching him play, but but the feeling is it's a low ceiling, and he may have already hit it. That's a shame. And at the same time, you look at him, and I believe Buddy Reed's 25 years old. I mean, he's he's yeah. he's an older guy. I'm not sure, but actually, 24. But, I just looked him up. He's 24 right now. And yeah. he's struggling, man. He's, hit, he's hitting two fifty eight right now in Amarillo. What do you have home runs, stolen base wise? Four home runs, three stolen bases. That can't Jesus. be right. He, according to one stolen base, it says that. That can't be right. No, that, that can't be right. Kid's running. He's incredibly fast. Yeah, I can't believe that. Hold on a second. Let me, uh, I might have this wrong here. Let me look this up real quick for you. I'll give you 100%. Okay, here we go. Sorry. So, Buddy Reed fans out there, they're freaking the fuck out. 12 home runs. Okay, 43 runs knocked in, one triple, 12 doubles. He has 70 hits and 301 at-bats is what he is. So he's hitting 233 right now, and he has 14. How many sto- 14. Yeah. Not, not great. 
I mean, we thought it was Billy Hamilton, didn't we? Uh, I wouldn't go that far. I don't think that we thought he was Billy Hamilton, but pretty quick. But but so two thirty three. But how, would you say home runs? Two um, home runs. He has twelve. And fourteen bags. Fourteen bags and and three and ninety five games. Double right. double double twenty twenty guy. This seems to get the average up. That's yeah. not great. Two thirty three and double A over there in Amarillo. He never yeah. made. He never. I say, I, I'll bet you a hundred bucks he never plays in the majors. Well, yeah, it's an easy bet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can find too many people jumping up and down on. Uh, oh, that guy! What are you talking about? Are you surprised that Yates is still there? Yeah. Me too. Yeah, I am because I have to figure people are making offers on him, and when you're a fourth place team. Why, why aren't you listening to offers? But I don't know. I didn't see – I don't feel like uh, – I don't feel like – I mean, Romo went to the Twins a couple of days ago. I didn't feel like there were very many um, back-end guys that were moved, right? No. Like, there weren't. No, yeah, there weren't. Like, nobody really – All the talk yeah, was – Nobody really went out and got bullpen help. So. Yeah, all the talk was Edwin Diaz was leaving the Mets. They held on to right. him. Vasquez was leaving the Pirates. The Pirates held on yeah. to him. Which is very funny because the Dodgers offered – uh, their other catcher, they have two catchers. Obviously, they just called up Will Smith, but they have Ruiz, who everyone says is fantastic. But the Pirates, who have zero catchers, would not trade Vasquez. And so it was. It, it was. I mean, both teams missed out. They both need, They both missed yeah. out on what they needed. Yeah, yeah kind of, yeah, kind, kind of, kind of crazy. It was. It was. It was but disappointing. Do, the Astros by far stole the day. Correct. Yeah, yeah, and and to me, like I love the fact that today was it that. There's not anybody saying, well, we could still have a waiver trade because you had the Verlander deal, and that's like the only trade that I remember that ever took place on August 31st. So I'm glad that was it, and now these teams will have to figure out. And I think, Dave, what will be good is maybe we didn't see a whole lot today uh, across baseball, but I bet next year on the 31st it's pretty active. Because I think that first time when teams are like, okay, well, let's see what happens between now and the 1st of September. And if you get injuries or you realize that a couple of guys just can't get it done and you're handcuffed, you can't make a move, then I think people are going to be like, damn it, I should have made something happen. Yeah. So, yeah, I bet I bet a year from now, moving forward, the 31st of July is a lot more active. Do you think uh, a lot of it had to do with because what the wild card is? I mean, the wild card is, you know, basically so many teams still believe they have a chance. A team like the Mets believe they're still in it. Yeah, Giants. Yeah. 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 Indian. Uh, I, I mean, what if the they Indian. did this? What if they did one final trade deadline, but instead of the final trade deadline being on July 31st, you do it on August 31st? Yeah, I, I like that it happened today. You like it I on like the 31st? It, it puts pressure on teams. Yeah, all right. You don't want to do anything, man. I hope your team can uh, hold on. For the final two months, because it's going to be really, really interesting to see what they do. It is. It is, especially in, in the National League. It's amazing how many teams are still in it, you know? I mean, the, the, well, even the Reds believe that they can make a run. You know, the, the Pirates, the Marlins are basically the only ones that think they're they're out of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. All right. Uh, enough on that. A couple of quick things. Yeah. So out here, we come out to Chicago – and the one thing that I'm doing is Monday night I'm going to Wrigley. So I'm stoked about going to Wrigley. But the one thing that 
my schedule kind of allowed for was last night to get out to the old U.S. Cellular Field, whatever, where the White Sox play. Now, Dave, when you have thought about that ballpark, right, and everything you've heard about that place, if you're, have you ever been there? No, no never been, been there. At all. I've never been to Chicago. Okay, so if you're me and you're rolling out to this, you know, I'm just going to call it the new Comiskey so all of us know. What's your initial thought going, hey, I'm going to the new Comiskey to watch the White Sox play? As soon as I think of that that field, I think that's the last Major League Baseball stadium that was built before everybody figured out to follow Camden Yards. Yes. and Well, Lucchino figured it out. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Lucchino finished it out one year after the White Sox built their stadium. So, like, the White Sox were like, well, fuck. I thought I had a brand-new car, and then all of a sudden there's a new model. Right. And so you – but – but don't you think, like, like, I'll just tell you for me, I go, well, this place is probably going to suck, but uh, I'll still go check it out just to say I'm at a new ballpark. Dave, I had a fucking blast there last night. It's in a, it's in a terrible part of town, and there were five of us that rolled out, but the White Sox are not the hottest ticket in town, so we got in buying tickets out front. I think we got in for under 10 bucks a guy. We got there, like, the third inning. The sight lines are great. The seats are great. <clears throat> Beers were cheap. Everybody goes up, gets like a grilled hot dog, dude. Old school grilled hot dog, like Dodger dogs. And Dave, we had a blast. We had a goddamn blast. It it felt a little bit, um, felt a little bit like the Big A to me. Okay. Like, like the sight lines of the Big A. Like how the Big A is after they did the remodel 20 years ago, which kind of sinks in with when this place was done. But I, and then you come out front and I put a picture of it out on Instagram. Like when you walk out front and the original home plate from the old Comiskey is still there. Somebody wrote, did they use the same home plate for 80 years? No, <laughs> fuck. Come on. Come on. That's stupid. Okay. But guess what? Dumb shit. It was in the same place for 80 years. God, life's not that tough. Like, it's really not that tough. Like, you hit send on that because you were so confused that you thought they hadn't changed home plate once over 80 years. And then I got to see that shit. And I don't need that, okay? But um, really, really cool. Like, is it uh How did you get Dodger there? Satan? How did you get there? I uh, took an Uber. Okay. We took an Uber, and then we stopped at Mario's Liquor. Picked up by uh, 18-pack, beautiful assortment of ice-cold Mexican beers, and I picked up uh, for my team eight fireball shots. Wow. Yeah. Shit. Maybe that's why I enjoyed the game. <laughs> but um, just hammered, destroyed. Uh, it was great. Um, so that was it. Yeah, much better than I would have expected. The people, everybody from the White Sox, uh, organization as you walked around like everybody whether it was concessionaires guys selling beers the ticket people coming in the gates god damn couldn't have been nicer man could not have been nicer maybe they just look at god we're the we're the ugly stepchild but here's what's so funny so me being a smart ass and because i'm fireballs and nine pacificos into the night i go uh i i tweet out a picture and i go God, it's so nice to be at the most beautiful ballpark in America. 
not even at the most beautiful ballpark in the city. <laughs> and, <laughs> and like Instagram, like 50 people are like, ah, they liked your post. Like nobody goes, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Everybody's just like, God, it looks great. I'm like, I'm at the new Comiskey, you fucking moron. Ah, incredibly frustrating. <laughs> and then the only other thing that I have from this trip, Dave, is on Monday I saw Once Upon a Time okay. in Hollywood. All right, before you get to that, because right, I'm, I'm very curious to know what you thought about that, but i I got to mention uh, the people that helped put this show going, okay? Yeah, let's do and it. Then and I want, we'll wrap it up. Yeah, then, then, then I want you, Okay, <laughs> got a busy day and it's already 11.15 back there? Yeah. Oh my gosh! All right, yeah, absolutely. We'll uh, we'll make sure. Hey, I want to mention, of course, Brian Curry. Brian Curry is your guy. He's been selling real estate all over San Diego County for more than twenty years. There's no one in San Diego more knowledgeable than Brian Curry. If right now you're wondering, is this the right time to sell my house? How many years should I hold on to my house? What is the market going to do? All the questions that are very important for the most important investment in your life. Brian Curry is the guy to call. Here's his number: six one nine two five one one five eight eight. Six one nine two five one one five eight eight. Oh man, Dave, so good. It's funny, you know what I love is driving around. I was driving around Chicago tonight and we're in the Midwest, man, and all the houses are built out of brick, right? Yep. And everyone that you drive by you can see the basement. And my buddy Tony, who's from this area, we were just talking about, man, when you get a house here, you better have a basement and it's built of brick. Because you got to prepare for the storms that come through the Midwest. And I was just saying, I go, wow, it's wild, it's old school, and not anything we have to worry about in San Diego. But there's plenty of other things that you got to worry about, right? When you look at it and you go, okay, hey, am I in the right neighborhood? How's the school district? How close am I to the freeway? How close am I to my job? What's the grocery stores like, right? All those different things. Because it's going to be the same place that you go every day, whether it's 5, 10, or 30 years. That's why you want to have Brian Curry on your side, because Brian's going to make sure that the home you purchase is the right home for your family. Absolutely. And also, you know what goes great with a brand-new home? It's, of course, a brand-new pool. Alan Taylor, Taylor May Pools, he's the guy that's been in business more than 20 years as well. He's really good at what he does, and he can make your backyard a staycation. Anything you want, not just the pool, but everything that comes with it, with the saltwater technology, the waterfalls, the grotto, the slides. Turn your backyard in that staycation resort with the barbecue and fire pits. Make sure you give Alan Taylor a call, 619-449-4452, 619-449-4452. My sons called me yesterday, and they had spent the day at Aquatica right down in your neighborhood. And they were talking about just how much fun they had on the water slides. And we started laughing, and they go, hey, do you think uh, Alan Taylor and TaylorMade Pools could put, like, a really cool water slide into the pool? And I said to him, you know what? If you ever insult my friend by implying that he can't do that, not only are you grounded, but you're out of the will. <laughs> and they're like, well, what's in the will? I go, well, right now there's nothing. But at some point I'd like to have, you know, 150 bucks cash and you're going to lose your half of it if you insult alan taylor yeah if you want that loop to loop or kind of one of those slides like you see at SeaWorld right now when you drive by and it has a 180 foot drop right into the shallow end like when guys you know what i would like alan to do and listen i respect him as a canadian and as a businessman 
But Dave, when I got to San Diego, one of the craziest events that used to take place, and I think Pete and Point Loma and Billy uh, from Point Loma, this is how they met. At SeaWorld, they used to have, and you can still see them on YouTube all the time. At SeaWorld, they would have a high dive competition, and it was that little circular round plastic pool, and some dude in a Speedo would just climb up a ladder. Climb up a ladder, and I'm going to say, I'm going to claim that he went 300 feet in the air. I don't think anybody can dispute that. 300 feet. <laughs> and this guy would stand on the platform. He'd hang onto the back, right? He'd talk to Chris Schenkel, and then he'd just jump off it. And I would like to see Alan Taylor in tribute to San Diego sports history bring that back with some of the next. Uh, levels of tailor-made pools. When he builds your pool at your beautiful home in El Cajon, not only are you going to have the grotto and the waterfall, Dave, but you are going to have a ladder that goes 611 feet into the air, <laughs> and you're going to be able to climb up there. I can't promise you Chris Schenkel because sadly he's no longer with us, but you can go up there, and then you can dive right in. Make sure your cobra's paid up. But you're going to have a great time, and all the people around town are going to be going, my God, look at Gary. He's going for the new Al Cajon record. God damn it, Gary, you're going to get it. <laughs> hey, don't forget about Dan Williams. Dan Williams, man, he's the guy we tell you he can help you manage your money. He's the guy that will help stretch your money, make your money last a lifetime. Again, he's a legating mortgage professional who has helped people in the military, the families in the military who need the help, and the people that you root for all the time. Dan is a guy. I will say it right now. Dan is a hero. Dan is a great guy, yeah. and Dan has helped so many people. He can help you out as well with all your financial needs. 858-688-6813. 858-688-6813. Yeah, the, the, what you're wondering is right now is now the time to buy the house. And financially, how is it going to work into my day-to-day -day financial plan? Gosh, we all go through it, right? We're all going through it right now with back to school. And all of a sudden I was talking about uh, from last week I was all fired up because I had every credit card paid off. And then last night I'm driving to the south side of Chicago. <laughs> so the only way you want to go there is with eight fireball shots in your pocket and 18 ice cold beers. Well, guess whose credit card took that hit? Me. So uh, when Dan Williams is on my side, I can come back and go, damn. I just rang up an $87 tab at Mario's Liquor Store on the south side of Chicago. Will this work with my financial plan? He's going to say, no, you can't do that anymore. And guess what? Next time my friend Johnny Rojas will have to pick up the beer. <laughs> That's why Dan Williams is going to help you. So you don't make dumb decisions like I make every time I go on the road. He's going to find a way for you to incorporate your mortgage into your overall financial plan. It's going to give you peace of mind. You're going to be able to sleep, and most importantly, you're going to be happy. It's a phone call I'd make uh, make tomorrow, if not tonight. Absolutely. Also, don't forget about our friends over at Hot Sauces and More, hotsaucesandmore.com. Again, it's the letter N, not and. They're the ones that can make your barbecue days in the backyard that much better. Everybody will be talking about, hey, were you over at Jeff's house? Guess what? He had the big green egg. Guess what? You're in Chicago, yep. where that famous line actually came from. I don't understand. How did he get it burned to a crisp on one side yet blood raw on the other? That's exactly what happened is right where you're at. You need, a, dirt? you need to stroll the neighborhoods and talk to people about the big green egg at Hot Sauces and more. I've been to uh, two different restaurants. No, I know where it was. I was at a restaurant tonight in Chicago, right? Uh, 
by where I'm at, out in Rosemont. And then last night at Comiskey, and it is absolutely like that scene from Saturday Night Live with George Went and Farley and the rest of those guys. The way everybody says sausage, it's like, what? <laughs> and then they're like, what do you want on it? Do you want ketchup? And you're like, oh, my God. I'm like, where's Brian? Where's uh, where's my man Brian from Hot Sauces and more? When you are firing up that grill and you're doing the brat, you don't want to put ketchup on that thing. My God, you might as well just put it in my eye. <laughs> and uh, Tuesday night, I'm actually flying home Tuesday night. I wish I was already back because that farmer's market at the Otay Ranch Mall is such a perfect place to go because if you're in the market for the big green egg, Brian and Luz can walk you through and figure out what's the right one for the backyard. And if you already have the big green egg and you're smart, you already did it, they're going to teach you the right way to really, really, really utilize it to get the most out of it. You're going to absolutely love it. All the supplies are right there in one house. Uh, hot sauces and more at the Otay Ranch Mall. And finally, don't forget about Kyle Fluger. He's the king of websites. He's the guy that can make your business look that much more professional. Start bringing in the right clientele. Kyle Fluger can help you out. 619-500-6621. 619-500-6621. Man, so many people, Dave, have talked about our website, and it makes me incredibly proud. But I have to admit to all of them, I said, look, I had a couple ideas of what we wanted to do. Really, what I said to Kyle was, we want to improve it and kind of give it, of all things, a Williams, uh, Williams-Sonoma look. And it's exactly what I feel like every time I see it. It's such a beautiful, professional outlook. Go to DaveAndJeffShow.com. Click on the sponsors page. JoJo Tarantino just sent us a brand-new blog. All kinds of great things on the website. Go to DaveAndJeffShow.com. Check it out for yourself. And then when you compare that to your current website, you're going to say, man, I need to make some upgrades, and that's when you give Kyle a call. Absolutely. All right. So you saw the movie that I told you I saw the night it came out. Everybody's kind of talking about it. I know you'll do a good job of not ruining anything. So uh, if, if you're listening right now and you haven't seen it, don't worry about it. Yeah, no, I won't give you uh, any kind of spoilers. I don't know that it's my favorite Tarantino movie because for me, my all-time favorite Tarantino movie is Reservoir Dogs. Really? I hated That's Reservoir one. Dogs. Did you really? Yeah. I, why did you I, like it? I'm curious to know. I loved all the guys and all the different personalities that were in that movie. That, And I'm a huge Harvey Keitel fan. So Harvey Keitel, uh, Buscemi, Michael Madsen, and the rest of those maniacs yeah. in that movie. But... But I was, here's the thing, and everybody's, oh, I can hear it all coming. Man, I love old school L.A. Yep. Old school L.A., and that's what this was going to be. So for me, I had been pretty hyped on this movie uh, for since whenever it was announced coming out. Here were a couple of my takeaways. Um, I would say I liked it. I don't know that I loved it. But I will say, dude, the guy to me, Dave, that was so great in that movie is Brad Pitt. Absolutely. And and all of a sudden you start realizing when you're watching that movie, you go, okay, Brad Pitt for years we probably looked at. He was so funny in the Oceans movies. He's so fucking good in this movie. Like you go, this dude is just like a bad dude. He's great in this movie. DiCaprio was fine, right? DiCaprio was fine. Um I liked it. I don't know that that movie was for everybody. No, it's not. But um, no, I don't. I could see like why re- you said Reed didn't like it. I could see like why you and Josh liked it. Um, I sure didn't walk out of there disappointed. 
Was it as great as I had hoped? No, maybe not. But when you walk out of there, like Pacino didn't really do anything for me. DiCaprio was fine. Um, but dude, when you just, I'm telling you, go for, go watch Brad Pitt. Yeah, dude, he he made the movie. Dude, he was outstanding. It might be the <laughs> best best he's ever done. I mean, he, right. he's easily my favorite character he's ever played. I 100% agree. I thought he was dynamite. And you just go, he was just cool. He just had kind of the whole thing. And so, yeah, it's definitely wild. And for those of you that are hardcore, Pulp Fiction, Kill Bill, Reservoir Dog, uh, Violent Tarantino, um, there's not at the level that maybe you're used to with other movies, but it does show up. And when it shows up, you're like, whoa. Yeah, and you, you love it. You absolutely love right. it. I don't know. I, yeah. I, again, uh, I, I enjoyed the movie. I think if I didn't live in L.A. for such a long time and didn't know the city, maybe I wouldn't appreciate it as much. If the same movie was made in Chicago, it wouldn't mean the same to me. But knowing yeah. all those areas of L.A. they were in and, and places that I used to go to as a kid that they were at, it was yeah. like, God, man, it was stepping back in my mind, you know, 35 years. It was nuts. Yeah. I uh, I hope Pitt gets nominated for something. I'm sure he's not he will. Really, a guy, and I don't know. Maybe he's been nominated, but for me, like you always go, dude, he's just cool in movies, but maybe not a guy that you go, oh, he's been nominated for this or that. He was so goddamn funny in that movie. I I thought he was really really great. I'm not. I don't think I'm missing anybody, Dave. Right? Was there anybody, even like from a cameo standpoint, that that came through and you go, oh, that was good. Margot Robbie was great. Margot Robbie's was great. Cool. Yeah, Al Pacino wasn't yeah. in the movie that much. You think he's going to be in a lot because you hear he's in the movie, but he's barely in the movie. Yeah, he didn't really do. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of Al Pacino. Uh, that whole character, that whole thing, I didn't, I, didn't really, I didn't really feel like it made that much of a connection to me. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I know I, everybody bitched about that it was too long. I didn't feel like it was too long when I was watching it. I didn't feel but that at way. the end when you walked out, you go, well, there was probably, yeah, if they needed to shorten it. But to me, like a really cool movie is like a really good ball game. I don't give a shit if it goes 90 minutes or three hours, man. If I'm having fun, then, then that's all it. So I got to tell you, I got to tell you, I love the Bruce Lee part. That is, now, I, I want to be really careful yeah. that I know the family. The family's not happy with that. Of course not. But uh, <laughs> huh? of course not. Right. But it's it, yeah. I agree, Dave. It fucking made me laugh. Yeah, it brought it out the coolness of Brad Pitt's character. It, dude, he was great. He was um, like my ex-wife said to me. She goes, "Hey, how was that movie? I want to see it." I go, "Look." Um, <laughs> there's some definite Tarantino violence in it, but I told her, I go, if I'm you, I would just go for, for Pitt because he just goddamn killed me, man. Yeah. He was incredibly funny throughout the whole movie. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I did. I really, I, I, I enjoyed it for me again. It, I think it affected me much different than it affected most people, but that's because, you know, I'm familiar, you're familiar with Los Angeles. You understand, uh, you know, what it was like. And and I was thinking of, you. Yeah, there's certain places they go by and I'm going, Jeff yeah. will get a kick of that right there. Yeah, it was great. Here, okay, now here's the wild thing. If my timings, 
if I believe this is right, a week from Friday, which would be August 9th, I believe is the 50th anniversary of everything that happened. Wow. Um, because it kind of it kind of takes place around the... Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Skelter, the whole thing. My sons go back to school. Let me do the math. 9, 10, 11. My sons go back to school on uh, the Monday after that Friday, which I believe is the 12th. We will be in L.A. Friday night the 9th because on that Saturday, I'm taking them on the Warner Brothers tour. They love Big Bang Theory. They've never done a studio tour. We're doing that. These two dudes will chow chips and guacamole and nachos and everything else till the sun comes down. El Coyote on Beverly Boulevard, like the coolest, insane Mexican restaurant. I didn't realize and it was I still thought, there till I, till I looked yeah, it up. The, I, I had no idea. Yeah. So now, Dave, my question is, is it kind of it, it kind of fits the whole theme of what I do with these guys? Of course, the time, you think right? you got to go. Yeah, that's where I got to be on that on that fiftieth anniversary. Yeah, you got to go. Yeah, pretty wild. Yeah, next time I'm in LA, I'm definitely going. The food's great. Yeah, the food is great. And that's the first what? time I told I, you. I can remember trying guacamole. It was right there. Yeah. Listen, I'm gonna say it to all you little shitheads that live in your little bubble down here because you have a Napoleon complex. There's a million incredibly great uh, Mexican restaurants in San Diego, okay? I, you can take me to Roberto's at any time of any day, and Roberto's is outstanding, the greatest. But there's other great stuff that's in L.A. too. Doesn't mean it's better than San Diego, but stop being so fucking sheltered in your life, okay? And if you want to live here in your little bubble, hey, good for you. Don't give me shit that I get out and celebrate life a little bit, okay? <laughs> Don't give me shit. Talking to you, Steve Woods. You shut the fuck up. You sit there in your little fucking bubble and stay quiet. Okay? Just post pictures of Bo, fucking coolest kid on social media, and keep your mouth shut. <laughs> I miss I miss my pal Woods this week on the radio. I do get a kick out of those guys. What he said? Did you hear him today? I did hear him because today. He said he was going to lose it. Did he? Did he rip the pot? He did. He went the other way. Good for him. But Ben's everything. The greatest thing going is exactly what AJ did. Again, that's okay. But what did Steve do? That's oh, he okay. he was against it. He basically was against it. Didn't understand getting another minor leaguer. Didn't understand the game Good plan of to get what's this twenty twenty thing isn't twenty twenty anymore and. Again, name another GM in, in professional sports that keeps getting passes and he's had the job five, six seasons. But here's what I love about that, Dave. What I love about what those dudes did today is one of those one of those dudes is going to be right and the other guy is going to be wrong. And Steve knows what I mean when I say this. It's not, it's not poking the bear. Steve knows it. You know it. I know it. God, I hope Ben's right. But I think Steve's right. Yeah, I think Steve's right too. For the for the for the betterment of the baseball team, I hope this is one in a couple of years where Steve, where you, where you, me, and a handful of others. Although I said tonight, look, he's he. We love Fran Mill because of the over the top personality that he brings. But if you have uh, everyday center fielder, left handed bat in that lineup that's really making a solid contribution, then we look at him and go, God damn, that was a great trade. Um, and Ben was right. But um, 
Yeah, I like that. I like it when they don't feel like – and kudos to Steve, man. That's not easy to do on a flagship station to take a stand and say, look, I'm not going to tell the company line. And uh, he's a baseball dude. But, yeah, so good for him. And And I just – I get it, man. Like I was watching social media today and watching social media last night from – from the game and it's just god I, I, dave is as frustrating as it is for me there's so many people that i just i like so much that want this team to win where you go dude i feel like i'm a pretty diehard fan i think these people are even more diehard than me that are so invested in it a lot of them are season ticket holders and i just go god i hope i really do i hope this kid turns out to be a complete stud for that team and all of you get to celebrate it because you goddamn deserve it. I just don't know if it's going to happen. If I'm Ron Fowler, I'd literally tell AJ, if you trade for one more fucking minor leaguer, I'm going to fire you on the spot. Stop fucking I doing like that. the guy who wrote last night. Who was the guy that wrote last night? Like, I was just kind of going through tweets. And I saw somebody send an actual t- tweet to the Padres that said, hey, at Padres, please inform AJ Preller that I have challenged him to a fight. <laughs> <laughs> like what if Preller was like okay this is going let's right go now. right at the tony gwynn statue it's gonna be three o'clock high oh my god aj would be like um like warren Beatty and bugsy when he's kicking the shit out of the guy and then he looks up catches a reflection yeah. has to fix his hair in the middle of the fight yeah fixes his hair yeah dude they i don't know man i, I like all those guys in that baseball ops department really smart guys I just, I, I guess we were kind of hoping for something different. We got our hopes up, and unfortunately, has been the case. No, I mean, we didn't expect to get Machado. I mean, they got Machado for it. But, and Dave, help me on this real quick before we go. Because somebody asked me, and I guess I could look it up on my phone. Where is Tatis at home run wise tonight? I mean, how many home runs does he have? Yeah. All right, hold on. Give me one second. That's a great question. You know, he He's only... the rookie of the year, right? We were watching Pete Alonzo last night. But with Tatis right now has to be like dude, if you gotta give it to like Tatis is the man. You know, I don't know, man. I remember it's the New York media. Okay. You're, you're, you know, it. home runs sell. I mean, what if Pete Alonzo ends up with forty five home runs? Tatis may be a thirty thirty guy. Dude, he might win a fucking batting title. You know? Yeah. I mean, he's it's he's been absolutely crazy. Okay, so he's hitting right now, three twenty nine, nineteen home runs. Which, yeah. by the way, you and I both said before the season, if he can hit twenty, that's a great year. Forty five runs yeah. knocked yeah. in, fifty four runs scored. And how many bags? Ah, oh, fuck. Hold on, it doesn't have it here. Hold on, I gotta pull it out. Um, he has. God dang it. Um, fourteen. Cut, oh, wow. Okay. Cut, cut four times. I don't think stolen bases are a big deal anymore. I mean, no, the, I got it. But he's still going to be a 2020 guy. Yeah. He's going to end up with, uh, he's going to end up with about 150 strikeouts. 2020 guy. Yep. Yeah. He's a leadoff guy. You know, I don't know. I don't think he, I don't, th- who knows? If he can keep that batting average around 330, yes. If it, the batting average drops to 300, I'm not so sure. I think Pete Alonso wins gloves. it. Fucking gloves pretty special, man. Dude, he has a shitload of errors. He's a, he's a highlight oh, guy, dude. Up. He can't make a you're fucking a, accurate throw to first base. He has 15 errors. What are you talking about? You're a fucking error. Uh, dude. You apologize for that right now. You apologize. <laughs> dude. 
I'll tell you what I'm going to do, you fucking asshole. Dude, just make an anchor you throw to first base, dick face. Shut up. Jesus. Shut up. You apologize right now. Or I'm going to call another Uber, and I'm going right to the local bookstore, and I'm going to fill out 27 magazine subscription cards in your name. <laughs> you're going to have to cancel each and every one of them, okay? When Bridal Bazaar shows up, stupid, you're going to be like, God dang it. All I had to do was apologize, and now... I gotta cancel this. I gotta cancel Vogue. I gotta cancel Model Train Weekly. Model Train Weekly. You know what's funny as you say that? I work with this guy. He tells me yesterday. He goes, "Hey man, you know what I do whenever I need new tires?" I go, "What?" He goes, "I rent a car that looks exactly like mine, and then I fucking take all the tires off, and then I switch them out with the t- <laughs> shitty tires I have, and I return the rent a car." I go, "What?" <laughs> he goes, "Dude, I've been doing it for years. Just straight facing me, like it's not a big deal." I go, "Dude, you know that's straight stealing." Ah, it depends how you look at it. I got, I'm telling you, you're stealing. Can you believe that shit? Instead of buying new tires, it's cheaper to rent a car for a day. Take the tires off that one and put it on his car. You don't think they know. Say that again? Like, I said, you don't think if you're the rental car place, you know? I don't think you look. I just think you deal with so many fucking cars, you just don't look. That's unbelievable. Yeah, he's like, been I, doing it for years. Like 20 years he's been doing it. God damn, that's good old-fashioned weasel <laughs> Um, all right. Well, that's it for tonight. How long do we go, Dave? We went about an hour. Do we? Are we yeah. over the hour threshold yet? We're at uh, fifty-eight minutes. All right. I'll give you one final thing. We'll break yeah. the hour threshold. Um, here's a couple of things that are going to happen when I am voted mayor of San Diego. Okay. <laughs> when I'm voted mayor of San Diego and governor of California, guess the first fucking thing that we're getting rid of is this idea that pedestrians have the right of way. Fuck you. You get your ass to the light and you wait for the light. I'm so sick of people just walking across the street with no regard at all for cars and just thinking that all of us should immediately stop, whether they're jaywalking or the light's red, they're walking across the light. Whoever put that fucking rule in, probably Kevin Faulkner, (laughs) was the stupidest guy ever because somebody's going to get killed because I'm not a patient person and I have no time for any of you. So... If you're that person that feels like, oh, I live in California and my entitlement and lets me cross the street without looking to the left or right, I get to walk through here like a Kardashian. Guess what, buddy? You're on borrowed time. <laughs> you're on borrowed fucking time. <laughs> and the next time you do it after I get voted in, guess where you're going to spend the night? In a fucking wooden box. Fuck <laughs> you. Nobody will show up to your funeral. Everybody hates you. The second people that I'm going to take out are the people on the airplane that as soon as the plane gets up in the air, you just jack that seat back like you're at the fucking Ritz-Carlton. <clears throat> you do that when I get voted into office, guess what we're going to do? The guy sitting behind you is going to get two and a half feet of piano wire. <laughs> and we're wrapping that around your throat. Dude, I don't like it's the joking. guys that stand up as soon as the plane lands and they're fucking yeah, 80 rows going? back. Where are you going? I don't like that guy and I don't like the people that are like asking everybody what group they're in getting on the plane. Yeah. You have an assigned seat, fuckface. Like, it doesn't matter if you're in group one or group four. You're still sitting in 13B. Calm down. Hey, hey, what group is this here? Hey, get out of here, you little bug-eyed bastard. I'm just talking to you. Get out of here. Yeah. So that's it. There you go. Uh, Justifiable homicide for two different things. A, as soon as I get voted in, I'm telling you things are going to change real quick. And people are going to start being a lot more respectful to all of you listening, going, oh, I, I can't vote for that. Well, somebody else will. 
so keep your head in a fucking swivel because I'll know who didn't vote for me. In Tennessee, there is no right of way for the for the pedestrian. It's right away for the driver always. I think it's great. Yeah. That's right. You know why? Because let's think of some of the guys that came out of there. Toby Keith. He's not putting up with any bullshit. I think it's Johnny Oklahoma, Paycheck. but okay. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. He's been to Nashville. <laughs> know it all. What about Johnny Paycheck? Yeah, you got them all. I got you. I understand. Crystal Gale lives there. You don't fuck around with Crystal Gale. Crystal Gale. God, enough with your fucking Crystal Gale. Jesus. I'm talking about guys that don't take any shit. Barbara Mandrill? Sleeping single in a double bed? No. You're awful at this game. Really? You fucking named Oklahoma your first example. Yeah, but he's... he's, I got a house in Nashville. (laughs) I got two in a bar. Uh, all right, we'll do this again on Sunday night. All right, good deal. You yeah, we'll, got do it. It, we'll do it Sunday night. It's not the best to do it by the phone, but for all of you that pay for this on Patreon, we wanted to get you something so you didn't get shorted. Talk a little bit about this trade deadline, and then we'll see where the hell we are Sunday I night. wanted to make sure that you weren't going to talk loud enough where somebody knocked on the door because they could hear you through the fucking hotel room walls. Yeah, they called security. Yeah, right? you yeah, did good. It's almost midnight here. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you did good. good. All right, cool. We'll uh, we'll catch up with everybody, and uh, I'm not really doing too much on social media, but we'll catch up on Sunday. A little preview of Wrigley, and then back in San Diego, we'll do it, um, I think, back live a week from tomorrow in okay. the garage. Good deal. All right, All right man. Buddy, have a good night. See you. All right, Bye. later. Stop.